I affectionately call this episode, Who Wants to Be a Satoshi Millionaire? Because if you've been following along with us since last July, today, that is you. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Hello, you sexy sat stackers, and welcome to the latest episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. Today is episode 31. And it is January 19th, 2022, which means it is also DCA Wednesday. This will be our 26th stack on this journey we started six months ago now, all the way back in July of 2021. Real quick, a look at the vital statistics. Bitcoin is currently sitting at a block of 719,472 at a price of 41,720 US dollars per coin, or 2,397 sats per cuck buck. And we are just a little bit below the $800 billion market cap for people who follow that sort of thing at 70, $792.3 billion to be exact. We are 70 days now since our all-time high of 69000 That is down 39.3%. However... Transaction volume is up a little bit. Last week, our 24-hour transaction volume was 2.91 transactions per second. And that's on-chain transactions, obviously. But as I've repeatedly explained, I like to see on-chain transactions above three transactions per second. And this week, we're ringing in at 3.24 transactions per second. So that is definitely showing an increase in on-chain activity. However, that being said... One sat per byte transactions will still clear with only one block to clear in the mempool. Currently, the mempool is showing 2,113 transactions or 0.88 megabytes. So one block will clear out the mempool. Uh, That's good because today we're going to reach an important milestone. And after we do so, it would be a very wise time to move your sats to your hardware wallet. And being able to do so for one sat per byte is a good thing. Since we spoke, um, we have not had a difficulty adjustment. The last difficulty adjustment was all the way back on January 8th. We are now scheduled to have a difficulty adjustment on the 21st, so a little over a day and a half from now. Uh, And that has changed significantly. If you remember last week, we were looking at maybe less than a 1% forecast increase in difficulty adjustment for the mining hash rate. Uh, for mining difficulty. And now, depending where you get your sources, that's either going to be a 7.7% or an 8.6% increase in mining difficulty. And that's because blocks are being mined at an average of 9 minutes and 13 seconds instead of the target goal of 10 minutes per block. The big news for us, at least, is that we've now been stacking for six months. And most importantly, this is going to be the stack that puts us over 1 million Satoshis. It's also going to be the third cheapest we have stacked. The last time we stacked cheaper than today was all the way back on August 8th when we stacked for $38,900. 
And that is pretty cool because that means it's going to bring our dollar cost average down or our cost basis down. And that is the beauty of dollar cost averaging. For those of you who are just joining us, and again, disclaimer, this is not financial advice. This podcast is for information purposes. I'm documenting my journey as I explore dollar cost averaging, and hopefully you'll get some entertainment value out of it, if nothing else. However, for those who don't know, DCA, or dollar cost average, is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. We chose $20, and we chose Wednesdays. And as you can see, by doing so, we've purchased as cheap as $38,900 and as expensive as $65,969. But by buying every week, we've managed to keep our average cost basis to $50,930.45. That might seem like a lot one day, but uh, we did get into this game a little bit late. Uh, again, it's never too late. They say that the best time to have purchased Bitcoin was 10 years ago, but the second best time is right now. That being said, we did purchase in the middle of the, you know, the 2022 bull run, the 2021-2022 bull run uh, from the last halving cycle. So it will be expected if Bitcoin does what it always does, that we will have a bear market in the not too, in the not too distant future if we haven't already started uh, but the brilliant thing about that is that we will keep buying all the way down and that will lower our cost basis. And one day people are going to look back and say, I can't believe you bought Bitcoin for only $50,000. If you believe like I believe that Bitcoin's going to go to the moon one day, $50,000 a coin is a freaking bargain. But um, back to what we're here for, and that is to get our dollar cost average on uh, this will be our 26th stack. Again, we started stacking on Wednesday, July 28th. And so far, we've stacked $500, $20 at a time. Uh, we've spent $11.25 in fees. So we've stacked, um, well, we've purchased just under $490 of the Bitcoin. And that has scored us 981,731 sats. Currently worth only $409.57, so we're down quite a bit. But like I said, we bought the run-up, and now we're buying the drawdown. So um, that is what happens when you dollar-cost average. However, again, dollar-cost average is a long-term strategy. It's easy to look like a genius when you're buying in a bull run because number always go up. But um, hopefully you're buying to hold for at least four years, at least one halving cycle, if not 10 years or even longer. And if you believe in the 210,000 block theory espoused by Adam Meister, known as the Bitcoin Meister, if you look back at any point in time, four years ago from whatever date, Bitcoin was never more expensive than it is. So four years from now, if that theory holds true, uh, $50,000 will be a bargain. Also, a real quick look at what's going on in the news, because we have had a lot happen since the last time we spoke. Some of the highlights include Fidelity Investments came out predicting basically nation-state FOMO, saying that countries that secure, that secure some Bitcoin today will be better off than their peers. They released a statement saying, quote, there is a really high-stakes game theory at work here, where the governments that secure some Bitcoin today will be competitively better off than their neighbors if Bitcoin adoption increases. Uh, Fidelity Investments being one of the largest investment firms in the world, 
basically saying that uh, El Salvador is just the beginning. And speaking of El Salvador being just the beginning, El Salvador President Nayib Bukele is off to Turkey to meet with President the President of Turkey for the next two days. And uh, Bukele will be in Ankara between Thursday and Friday. And one can only imagine what they're going to discuss. But I bet Bitcoin and the Bitcoin bonds and Bukele giving the IMF and the World Bank the middle finger will definitely be high on that list of topics. Along the nation-state FOMO uh, lines, and of course this is not a nation-state but a city, the mayor of Rio de Janeiro announced that the city is putting 1% of its treasury into Bitcoin. Rio Rio de Janeiro is not a small city, it's not necessarily a wealthy city, but they do have over 6 million residents and 1% of its treasury into Bitcoin is a pretty significant amount of money. The announcement was made at the Rio Innovation Week by Mayor Eduardo Paez during a chat with Miami Mayor Francis Suarez. Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, as you know, being quite the Bitcoin bull himself. One thing that I didn't know until the until Reuters mentioned it in their article about uh, Naya Bikaili going to Turkey is that Naya Bikaili is of Palestinian descent on his father's side. So that's a little bit of interesting uh, history that maybe helps uh, Turkey and El Salvador have a bit of a bond there. Either way, Turkey has something to learn from El Salvador as their national currency, the lira, continues to plummet in value. Uh, Who knows? Maybe Turkey will be the next country to adopt Bitcoin um, if Tonga doesn't beat them first. And unfortunately, as you know, Tonga... Uh, has recently experienced a significant amount of devastation because of that huge volcanic explosion um, the other day. It's interesting to read that one of the things that's helping Tonga get back to normal is that the Blockstream satellite is being used to uh, link up mesh networks in Tonga so that even though the internet's down and nobody can uh, use Visa cards or, or their ATM cards, uh, at least the Bitcoin network is uh, getting up and running or being bootstrapped in Tonga. And that just goes to show how resilient the Bitcoin network really is. And if a massive volcanic explosion like that cannot stop the Bitcoin network, uh, it would be hard to imagine just how big of a catastrophe it would take to really bring Bitcoin to its knees. Also huge news this week, NCR released an, uh, released a statement saying that they have announced Liberty X. If you're not familiar with Liberty X, Liberty X was a service where you could walk into your local convenience store and either use debit or cash to purchase Bitcoin directly. Uh, you didn't buy Bitcoin from, say, the 7-Eleven that you were purchasing at. They used the service Liberty X where you give the clerk money and then they would give you a receipt that you could redeem for your Bitcoin. The press release went to say that Liberty X is a strong strategic fit for NCR because it accelerates NCR's ability to rapidly deliver a complete digital currency solution to its customers, including the ability to buy and sell cryptocurrency, conduct cross-border remittances, and accept digital currency payments across digital and physical channels. If you don't know who NCR is, chances are if you're not at a mom-and-pop shop that's using the Square uh, app, that's using the Square, the Square POS system, they are using NCR, McDonald's, any major corporation, most likely is using an NCR cash register. So integrating Liberty X directly into every cash register at every major retail, 
that's a pretty big deal. Uh, Liberty X also confirmed this on Twitter, saying, quote, It's official. At NCR Corporation and at Liberty X are joining forces to accelerate Bitcoin adoption, making it mainstream and putting Bitcoin on every block. We will enable millions of people at physical and digital touch points. Uh, innovation, leadership, and to the moon are the hashtags they added to that. Uh, if you go to libertyx.com and just put a search for your zip code in, you can see just how many places you can already purchase Bitcoin using LibertyX. For example, not doxing where I'm at, but the closest location when I put in my zip code is there's a CVS that you can purchase uh, Bitcoin with cash through Liberty X. The local days in that's less than a half a mile from my house, you can use either a debit card or they have a Liberty X ATM. There's another hotel less than a half a mile that has both uh, a Liberty X ATM and a debit card in it. Um, so there's the days in, Courtyard, Best Western, Hampton Inn, and then a local food and beverage pour store like a mom and pop type bodega that has a debit. Um, that you can purchase with debit at their cash register or they have an ATM. And even the freaking bicycle repair shop that's about three miles away from my house has a Liberty X ATM and accepts Liberty X uh, and accepts payment by debit card at their, uh, through Liberty X at their cash register. So even the freaking Marina has both a Liberty X ATM and a debit and accepts debit uh, through, their, through their POS system. So uh, CVS, Sunoco, the list just goes on. A&M Beverage, uh, some generic petroleum store, gas station, and a mom-and-pop car wash all except Liberty X. So uh, that's pretty amazing. And considering that pretty soon, uh, almost every cash register at every major retailer will have the ability to integrate that, um, that is huge. That's beyond gradually then suddenly. Also in the news, Intel apparently is getting into the ASIC business. Intel announces that, will int that it will introduce an ultra-low watt mining chip. They said that they will, quote, show off their new chip called the Bonanza Mine at the International Solid State, Solid State Circuits Conference in February. Uh, so um, right now, you know, almost all ASICs are manufactured in either China or in Hong Kong or Taiwan, correction, Taiwan semiconductor manufacturer being one of the major manufacturers of ASICs. So it would be it will be nice just from a uh, decentralization standpoint to have another manufacturer of ASIC chips. Uh, and that doesn't even take into account into account the the you know the competition aspect, meaning um, if Intel's Intel wants to compete against TSMC or Bitmain. Um, they're going to have to produce a better product, and that healthy competition will hopefully contribute to a more efficient, more secure Bitcoin network, but also to a lower energy footprint for those people who are worried about the ESG narrative. Also, according to an article in Bloomberg, Grayscale, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is trading at nearly a 30% discount. Because of the price of disc, bit of because of the price of Bitcoin being down, despite the fact that Bitcoin is only down nine percent recently, shares of GBTC are down seventeen percent, and that that currently makes the value of one share of GBTC worth twenty six and a half percent less than just the value of the Bitcoin that GBTC holds. While I would never own a share of B, B, GBTC 
or any stock over Bitcoin. I mean, I would rather hold the Bitcoin. You definitely don't have a third-party risk when you own the Bitcoin in your hardware wallet. You know, who knows what could happen to GB, GBTC. Uh, I don't foresee anything happening to a major company, but you never know. So, uh, but if you are in a position where you cannot invest directly in Bitcoin, let's say you've got a 401k or an IRA that you can't buy physical Bitcoin, a 26.5% discount on GB, GBTC, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, seems rather attractive. Also, the rumors are that GBTC is trying to be, uh, well, they're already like a de facto ETF because uh, their their value is based on the Bitcoin they hold, but they're trying to actually physically become an ETF. So maybe one day if GBTC is an ETF, getting it at a 26.5% discount uh, could be a good deal for those who need to invest in assets that uh, they need a custodian to hold for them. Not me, however, and I certainly would not advise purchasing GBTC for multiple reasons, not the least of which is um, we don't offer financial advice here. This is just my personal opinion, and I would rather hold Bitcoin than paper Bitcoin, which is what you hold when you hold a share in GBTC. Out there on Twitter, uh, Plan B, of course, has been standing by his um, stock-to-flow model, but uh, in a more tongue-in-cheek uh, quote, tweet, one of the funnier things I saw tweeted on Twitter this week was Tomer Strolite tweeted, breaking, Bitcoin cases continue to rise exponentially. The Segwit variant is now the most common. Experts warn the new Taproot variant will rise exponentially in coming years. There is simply no way to stop it. So poking a little bit of fun at the virus, the uh, current epidemic on Twitter. Uh, Bitcoiners just have more fun than anybody else. President Bukele again is in the news. Man, that guy is just a Twitter master. He is definitely the boss. He knows how to work the social media. President Bukele retweeted a Investing.com article that announced that Moody's downgraded El Salvador's sovereign debt because of its Bitcoin investment, retweeting in all caps, breaking El Salvador DGAF. Uh, if you don't know what that means, it means El Salvador doesn't give a flap. Uh, what a boss. President Bukele has certainly been kicking arse and taking names down in El Salvador. I really look forward to the day when instead of migrant caravans streaming north from El Salvador, migrant caravans are streaming south to El Salvador to join visionaries like Max Kaiser to relocating to what is probably going to be the Dubai of Central America one day. Plan B has been making the podcast rounds recently. Uh, he's been on several podcasts in the last few days, most recently on the What is Money podcast, where he discussed Bitcoin price suppression and, of course, still standing by his stock-to-flow model, um, gave several reasons why he thinks that, uh, that Bitcoin has been actively suppressed. As you know, listening to this podcast, we've mentioned that it seems like every time there's good news for Bitcoin, and that is all there has been in the news for Bitcoin. Other than negative stories about Bitcoin's price, it's just been one major milestone after another. Yet, for example, the day that El Salvador announces they're going on a Bitcoin standard Bitcoin tanks, the day El Salvador goes on the Bitcoin standard Bitcoin tanks, the day El Salvador announced their Bitcoin bonds Bitcoin tanks, it's really easy to see how the Davos crowd, the International uh, World Bank and, and uh, Bank of International Settlements, 
absolutely despise this. And um, it would be, it would stand to reason that they're going to do everything they can in their power to FUD the price of Bitcoin down. Because if El Salvador succeeds, it is over for the IMF. It is over for the World Bank. El Salvador is giving them the big giant middle finger. And if they pull that off, they are not going to be the last country to do so. In fact, you'll see a cascade of poor nations who are basically used to monetary colonization by these uh, predatory organizations, these predatory NGOs that come in and give these huge loans that they know that these poor companies, poor countries can't pay pay back and then use it basically to loot or raid these countries of their natural resources. All right, so... Before I get too distracted, let's get back to what we're here for, and that is to make our weekly DCA. Again, this is going to be stack number 26. Uh, It's going to put us up to $520 total invested and hopefully over 1 million sats total. As you know, I always invest using the Cash App, and that is because I think the Cash App is the easiest way to make at least to make small purchases uh, they will let you automate your stack and do an automatic DCA on whatever time frame you tell them to. I'm a glutton for punishment. I like to watch the charts. I like to manually enter my trades. And also, I don't keep money on the Cash App ever. Uh, I just don't like to keep money on my phone. So, uh, But Cash App will let you add money instantaneously. All I have to do is add cash, tap in $20, and just that fast, that 20 bucks is there ready for me to spend on whatever I want. Um, disclaimer, Cash App is not a sponsor of the show. We just love them. Uh, they don't even give us a custom referral code. We do have a referral code in the show notes. Uh, it's convoluted enough that I hate to say it on the air, but if you do not already have Cash App and you want to use Cash App, if you click on that link in our show notes, you'll get five bucks for signing up and We'll get five bucks too, and that'll help the podcast out. Of course, I will immediately turn that into Satoshi's. Um, but again, we're going to use the Cash App. The, you do you. You use whatever platform you feel most confident in. There are platforms that charge less. Cash App does charge about two and a quarter percent. Again, that's going to be about forty-five cents for our twenty-dollar investment, which really is fairly insignificant when you're stacking twenty dollars, and. As a bonus, uh, at least as of now, Cash App will still let you withdraw your Bitcoin to your hardware wallet for free. And right now, with with transaction fees being as low as one sat per byte, you know, that's only seven, eight, nine, ten cents to make that withdrawal. But when fees were a lot higher, if you need to move that Bitcoin when the transaction, when the network is jammed up with pending transactions, well, you can remember back in 2017 where people paid $30, $40, even $50 to make that transfer. So uh, I don't expect that to happen again anytime soon. But even paying $0.10 cents to make that transfer nibbles away at that $0.45 cent fee that we're going to pay for our investment. And that might just make the difference between making Cash App the cheaper method of investment versus whatever you were planning on using. But again, you do you. Pick the app that you feel comfortable with. Pick the dollar amount you feel comfortable with. The important thing is that you just stack and that you stack regularly. Again, we're going to invest $20. And the reason we're choosing $20 is because I think that's an amount that pretty much anybody listening to this podcast can come up with on a weekly basis. It really isn't a lot of money, except for if you're living in a really, really poor country. 
And even then, uh, $20 is something that a lot of people can scrape together. However, it isn't that much money to most people in the United States or in Europe, so you invest whatever you feel comfortable in. But again, you need to pick a dollar amount that you can invest regularly, a dollar amount that you can that you feel comfortable losing if it were to go to zero. It's not going to be the end of the world for you. Uh, money that you're not going to need tomorrow. For example, if you have $1,000 in your checking account and you're like, okay, I'm going to invest 1000 and then it's like, oh, I need to buy groceries, I need to buy gas. Well, that wasn't a very smart investment decision because you need the money that you need to survive. The way I look at it, is I'd blow more than $20 taking my daughter to go see Sing 2 tomorrow night. So then that would be money that's just gone and I'm not even thinking about ever again. So $20 uh, is a good amount. And just stacking that $20, we've already purchased, uh, what did I say, 900,000 some odd Satoshis. We've purchased a stack. We've purchased a stack of uh, 981,731 sats, currently worth $409. So just in six short months, we've already put away what is real money in a lot of countries. That's more money than the average family earns in a lot of places in Africa or even in El Salvador for the time being until Bitcoin hopefully makes them all rich. So $20 adds up. And the important thing is to get off zero and to stack um, at least something so that when Bitcoin, if we do achieve Bitcoin hyper-Bitcoinization, if Bitcoin does become the global reserve standard, you are not sitting there with only worthless greenbacks in your pocket. Again, not financial advice. This is just my musings, my ramblings, and my experimentation testing the dollar cost average hypothesis. Uh, but as you can see, uh, it's working out for us so far. All right. That being said, we've already moved the $20 into Cash App, so I'm going to tap the Cash App logo, the I'm sorry, the Bitcoin logo in the bottom right-hand corner. I'm going to click Buy. I'm going to click $20. And it's going to ask us to confirm. It says we're going to get 46,703 sats, uh, and the price right now is $41,860.27. So click Confirm. And... Boom, just like that, we've added 46,703 sats to our stack, and that makes our stack currently 1,028,434 sats. We are now officially Satoshi millionaires. And hey, that might not seem like a lot right now, but if Bitcoin hits 1 million, that's sat penny, par sat penny parity. And that would be a $10,284.34 investment which is not too shabby considering we've only put $520 in it. If Bitcoin hits sat dollar parity, well, then you're legit millionaires. So how fun is that? Also, more importantly, buying this cheaply, we have lowered our dollar cost basis, our average cost basis, by $368. We've now purchased at an average of $50,562.31. Obviously, that is a about $9,000 less than Bitcoin is currently worth. But if you're like me and you believe that this bull run is not quite over yet, I haven't seen that blow off top. So hopefully we've gonna, we, we, we're going to see a little bit more oomph before this bull runs over. But even if we don't, we're about two years away now from the 2024 halving and this cycle repeating itself. And as you know, 
Once Bitcoin hits a new all-time high, it has never gone below that all-time high ever again. So uh, in theory, that means we won't slide below the $20,000 previous all-time high. And it means the next bull run, we won't slide below $69,000 ever again. Either way, I'm a firm believer that in 10, 20, 30 years, Bitcoin is going to be worth a heck of a lot more than $50,000 a coin. Uh, so that being said, the most important thing you can do is stack those sats. And if you're doing so, joining us every Wednesday, stacking $20, stacking whatever you can afford, you are off zero and you are certainly on your way. Uh, with only 21 million Bitcoin ever in existence, we are already the proud owners of 0.01 Bitcoin, a 1% of a Bitcoin. And that is a lot more than the average person will ever be able to own if everyone in the world has Bitcoin. So thank you for listening. And hopefully you are learning a little bit and hopefully you're enjoying listening because we're going to keep this up until Bitcoin either goes to the moon, Bitcoin crashes to zero, or we're all filthy, stinking rich, or you just get bored and stop listening. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers. <laughs>